Hello everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where we play games with pens, paper, dice, and our imagination. Thanks for joining us. Everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where we are not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, this is a very special episode. This for me is actually a really, really big privilege because we, we have someone joining us who I kind of consider as um, Twitter TTRPG royalty. Um, I don't know if he would agree, but um, I will let this wonderful human being introduce himself. Are you talking about one of the other people here? Or <laughs> <laughs> not quite. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, well, hi. I am definitely not royalty. Uh, my name is Bbars. Uh, I'm the uh, developer of Power Outage, the game that we'll be playing tonight. Um, Power Outage is a superhero-themed role-playing game designed to be played by kids, but is funnable, uh, fun for adults. Uh, I, I like the, the word funnable. Funnable is good, too. Um, it's uh, chock full of puns, so I apologize for that from now. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of cool, unique little things about it um, that we can definitely get into. Um, uh, but I think the best way to get into it is to just play it and let people discover what's going on. And if any of you have any questions, I mean, do you guys, does everybody here, I'll try to say y'all instead of you guys, sorry. Do y'all have a, an idea of how to play and everything like that? Or do you need guidance as we go through? Um, we'll do a bit of guidance just because just to kind of I guess go over how it's different to fifth ed although ha having done a bit of a read through the book if you can play fifth ed you can play this mm -hmm. it, it's a lot more rules light which I think is really really good especially when playing with children yes um, it's designed so that if you had to the GM should be able to manage technically the mechanics of all characters playing um, because so the, you're limited to the number of powers that you can have on your table at any given time. So each character can have six. Um, each character's powers um, refers to a power table in the book. That table has a list of generic effects that the heroes get to apply whatever um, flavor text that they want to it. So whether if I'm doing... 1d6 damage to somebody that's adjacent to me, whether that is being done by fire blast or laser taser or a mind meld or whatever the case may be. It's all however they want to handle it for their character. Um, in that way, there are no classes, there are no races. Um, you could be whatever you want, you could play whatever you want, um, create the character that you want. You don't if you want to be somebody that is more supportive, then you take more supportive type character. If you want to be somebody that is a little bit more ambidextrous in their movements, then you you know pick more utility powers. If you want to be a slugger, then you you, you pick more combat powers, um, or you can mix and match however you see fit. Um, but yeah, the rule, the general idea is you can create whatever character you want. And if you want to create your own powers or combine powers, you're welcome to do that too. The big thing about Power Outage is that it's a guide and not a, a hardcore rule set that you have to follow. So um, I think anytime a person tries to create a hard set rule um, for a group of kids, they will find that they will have problems. Yeah. G given that we've got um, three parents in this group, um, 
I think we yes. three out of three would say yes. That is that is truth. So I could run through real quick. You have five attributes. Um, you have impact. Impact is the your basically it's your standard attacks, your physical punches, kicks, whatever you want to do. Does it, again flavor doesn't matter. So if you're punching or you're hitting with a baton or you're doing whatever the case may be, it's basically just your standard attack. Impact is also all of your social aspects. So everything that you do, where, like it's your 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 um how your social impact is on people. So whether you're threatening people or encouraging people to get to safety or whatever the case may be, that's all controlled by impact. Um, then you have your power. Your power ability is your ability to use your powers. It is also a lot of things that are kind of superhuman-esque or part of your, your heroic qualities. So power is your perception, your ability to perceive things and notice things, things like that around um, within a crime scene and whether that is based off of just your experience or based off of your, uh, your, you know, your own latent abilities. So be it. Um, power also is, um, uh, kind of like your heroic knowledge, um, which translates to me kind of giving you a clue in whenever I need to, like if there's something I want you to, uh, be aware of that you might not have looked out specifically for, then I can say, hey, you might want to check this out. Um, or roll a d20 plus your power and, you know, and I'll do a base all that. Uh, then you have your Omer, which, you know, Ohm's resistance of energy. Uh, Omer, in this case, is your armor. Um, so basically your ability to not get hit. Um, and then uh, second to last is YP, which is synonymous to your typical HP, only this stands for yield points, because there is no death in power outage. Um, once everybody's defeated, they either yield or give up or incarcerated or whatever the case may be. Um, I kind of got rid of the idea of death so that kids can feel free to like, not worry about what they're doing necessarily and just be as creative as possible. Um, and then the last one, which is easy enough, is travel. Now, there's a bunch of different ways to consider travel. If you want to micromanage it and specific, specify where you're on on the map, you can do it that way. If you want to consider travel as just like, if I have a high amount of travel, I can get to places faster. If I have a low amount of travel, then it might take me two turns to get to, to where I want to go. Um, but I included it because there are powers that include things like your speed or your ability to travel fast. Um, so that's the attributes. And basically, uh, the way that you play is if you're in combat, um, if I am uh, trying to attack a person, let's say I'm attacking them with an impact attack, I'm rolling a d20, I'm adding my impact score, and the person that I'm attacking is rolling a d20 and adding their omer score um likewise vice versa if somebody's attacking you with whatever you're rolling your d20 plus your your impact so you're always kind of engaged whether you're attacking or defending um i, I think that's so, sorry to interrupt but i think that's actually a really good thing for kids because that keeps them continuously involved and that's very good um the other thing is the same same goes for power so i roll a d20 add my power versus d20 and omer um, if I succeed on a power roll, then the effect of whatever the power that I'm using kicks off. Um, so impact and power attacks kind of work the same way. 
Um, as far as turns go, it is however it is team-based turns, and I did that also because I didn't want kids just kind of waiting around. If there's like a large group of five or six kids, I didn't want them waiting for their necess necessarily waiting for their turn every single time for the rest of the engagement. Um, you get to determine mm -hmm. how you go first based off of the team dynamics. So, for instance, if the team can't handle how they determine turns then maybe they'll roll or do rock, paper, scissors or whatever the case may be. If they're doing it based off of need, like, oh, I need to make sure that these guys are healing first or whatever, then that happens. Um, if you, there's also mechanics involved for joint attacks. So if you have flame powers and another person has wind powers, then boom, flame tornado. Um, so there's mm -hmm. a lot of different mixing and matching and uh, strategizing that kids can do on their turn. So with that said, are there any kind of questions before we kind of delve right into discussing your characters? Um, yeah. No, I think we're pretty good. Yeah. It's a good sum up. And initiative, by the way, it's uh, story-based, so whoever attacks first goes first, and then it takes turns from there. Um, okay. So... Um, the one, two, three, four of you find yourselves in your your hangout, your hideout, your secret lair. Um, can you all describe to me what that lair looks like? Um, <clears throat> sorry. So, as, as a last minute team name thing, we kind of went with blunderbolts. Um, I like the idea of us just having kind of a, I guess maybe just like a semi-abandoned building somewhere. Like it could be like, should we do like who our characters are and where we're from kind of thing? Sure. Let's go through that first. Um, why yeah. don't we... So Dame, we'll, we'll go ladies first. <laughs> oh, you mean I had to be put on the spot first. All right. Um... Or, or, or I'll make Tyler go first. I can do that too. No, 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 no. It okay. is just fine. I'm being cheeky. Uh, so I'm Dame, and I'm going to be playing Mr. Nice Guy. Um, Mr. Nice Guy comes from a long line of prestigious villains, but does not very particular about the villain life. Uh, he feels that he envies superheroes and would like to do a lot more good in the world, so he finds himself with the Blunderbolts. And talks with this very silly voice because he is a little bit of a silly man. Um, what, what are um, Mr. Nice Guy's powers? Oh, yes. He has Invigorating Slap, which he can reach up and slap upon the enemy if he wishes to regain some uh, yield points, or he can use Telepathy to speak into their minds. Okay, uh, Jacob. Yeah, um, so I'm going to be playing Phantom, and he got his powers from a pair of magical glasses that he found in a trunk, and basically he has a lot of shadow manipulating powers, so he'll be doing some shadow jumping, basically kind of like teleporting, and binding attacks. Awesome. To keep the enemy from hitting people. Oh, something, sorry, something I should have asked. Um, Dame, what is your character's weakness? 
Oh, yes. Uh, you would find he is weak to lactose and also spiders. In other words, do not move to an Australian dairy farm. Just if, if the advice is there. Yes. <laughs> Dear Basically God, are you yes. now milking them? <laughs> oh no! You do milk spiders oh, no. for their venom, but don't tell them that, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we won't. We won't tell them then. Um, Jacob, sorry, what, you, your powers are shadow based. What, what's your weakness? Um, similar to real life, bright, really bright lights. <laughs> they bother my eyes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but Tyler. not wonderful. Oh, okay. Well, no, it's, it's good to have a flaw, because then your character's got depth. <laughs> I meant for his real-life affliction. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. That, that so I will be playing as, uh, well, my secret identity is Steve Counter. He's a 30-year-old guy who uh, his jo- day job is to edit uh, kids' television shows at a uh, TV station. And uh, because he did that so much... It just like overwhelmed him and that gave him the power to, when he says the magic word, he can uh, turn into a little kid called Kiddo and who's a superhero with uh, psychic powers. Uh, well, because he's a seven-year-old kid, he cannot resist candy cake or ice cream. Excellent. Uh, oh, no. And I am, I'm playing this time, so this is great for me. Like I, I'm just sitting here wondering where we go to set things on fire. Um, is it an inn? Great, we burn it down. No being a murder hobo. <laughs> yeah, especially not on this because we're going family friendly. Um, so yes, please. My, my guy's name is Joseph Yosarian, and uh, he is from deepest, darkest Canada. And uh, when out hunting, Joe was bitten by a radioactive stag. Shortly after, he discovered he had gained the powers of the stag. He could bound forward quickly and had enhanced senses. He also had, for some reason, explodey, punchy fists, which is not particularly explainable. However, he became the Bombardier, dedicated to fighting crime and evil. Uh, Weakness is actually similar to um, Jacob's character. He is absolutely paralyzed if someone shines a bright light in his eyes. Like a deer caught in the headlights, Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Well, this will somewhat work out for you because the setting that we're taking, this whole adventure is taking place in, is the Atomia Zavad. Uh, But I'll get into that in a little bit. So, to your lair. And and I kind of, like, as far as our lair goes, I kind of like the idea of us having, like, some building that um, Mr. Nice Guy's family owns but don't really pay attention to. Mm. It's, it's, it's kind of like Mr. Nice Guy's way so of sticking it to the family and being like, no, yeah. my, me and my superhero good guy buddies. Are so does it have all the villainous accoutrements? Yes. <laughs> yes. He's previously a villain's yes. lair. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't, don't pull that lever. No, that'll, uh, that leads you straight into the alligator pit, and that's not very good. <laughs> Wrong lever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, generally speaking, when you guys are all hanging out together, what age range are you? Are you all different age ranges, or do I have kids mixed with adults here? I just want to know. Because yeah. kiddo is seven at times. I think that, I mean, I think this is still pretty early on in our, you know, uh, team-up friendship, that I think kiddo hasn't revealed what he turns into or his his day job portion of his life 
So he, the rest of the group knows Kiddo as a yeah, seven-year-old, well, not he's a, a seven-year-old uh, superhero, full-on adult superpowers. Yeah. Well, I was going to try and do like a thirty-year-old, but we'll see. I welcome that. <laughs> um, so just so I have an idea are we talking about you don't have to give exact numbers but just so I have an idea are we talking kids group here teens adults um, I imagine the, the bombardier is probably like maybe mid 20s maybe he's like the old man Logan of the group I would probably put Mr. Nice Guy about uh, late teens, early twenties. Kind of that. I'm I'm adult enough to buck the family, but still young enough to really want to buck the family. It's the angsty teen version of I need to rebel. Yes. And um, yeah, Phantom is about the same in. I'd say late teens. Late teens, early 20s. All right, that's good. And then you have one kid just kind of tagging along, but the kid is probably actually yeah. older than everybody here. So that, that works yep, out. Yep. All right, so um, so then... I, I, I now have flashes of the Umbrella Academy <laughs> yes. with Tyler's character. <laughs> uh, so you are all in your lair, and what are each of you doing in your lair as you... G- given that I'm I'm like a punchy brawly kind of guy, I would assume like push-ups and or sit-ups. <clears throat> sorry, where people can see me doing them. Yeah, yeah. Push-up, sit-up, burpee, etc. I think that I think Kiddo has brought in a video game system that he always plays on whenever they're just hanging out. I think I think Mr. Nice Guy also has his own. Uh... Nintendo, uh, Mitch, where they can play Pokemon together. So the two of you are playing sure. video games together. Yes. yes. Sure. And uh, co-op versus what are we talking here? Is is is, is are one of you oh. resoundly beating the other? Uh, Kiddo is awesome. I have a feeling Kiddo is probably beating me. I actually had the opposite because, like, Kiddo's like a grown man playing a teenager in a video but he, game. But he has the <laughs> reflexes of a child now, with the intelligence of a grown man. Uh huh. Okay. Good point. I don't understand why he keeps beating me on this level. <laughs> Nintendo Smitch is—it's—it's uh, it's typically just your villainous training module, <laughs> right, guys. Uh, potentially use like this is these these are for like these are for your heists you know for prepping for heists but you you turn this into a uh, into a gaming center. Oh, very much so. And uh, Phantom, what are you doing in your hideout? Um, I'm probably just kind of like sitting and watching them play as while reading or something. Just I'm not going to be actively working out like Bombardier is. <laughs> Is Phantom the intellectual of the group? I think it just is staring at the screens would be painful. Oh. <laughs> For too long. Shoot, you're like, right. Bright and flashy. Nope. <laughs> so you all get a call from... Uh, so uh, the screen closes out or minimizes for a second. And you see a call coming in from a very familiar name. Uh, the name is uh, Professor Mendeleev. 
And um, do you accept the call? We'll uh, we'll table Professor Mendeleev. So you're holding off on getting Mendeleev's call? Is this called periodically? No, he does not. This is a rarity. Um, You each have some experience with helping him in the past in incidents that have arisen, but um, this is a unique thing to occur. Okay. Sorry, I I was going for all the periodic table jokes I could think of, because Mendeley is, you know, periodic table. The the, the nod beads just gave me like, yeah, good work. (laughs) Josh. Josh, focus. Sorry. (laughs) I've forgotten what it's like to be on this side of the table. So do you, I'm assuming you uh, answer the uh, call? (laughs) Very much so. Professor Mendeleev is like, ah, yes, the the blunderbolts. Blunderbolts, are you there? Yeah, just do it. Hundred, hundred one, hundred two. We have to beat this level real quick. We can't pause it. It's an online game. I, I was winning. Yes, he was winning. I I appreciate your your training um, uh, schedule, but I am in desperate need. I have made a discovery, but I I am I feel uh, I can't discuss it here, and I need I may need some assistance. Would you be willing to come out to the Atania Zavad to uh, to discuss this further? Yes. Yes, I think yeah. we can make time in our schedule. I, I will uh, send the coordinates over. Um, of course, you'll be traveling in your typical means, or do you need me to send some form of transportation over to you? Is our typical means like maybe an unused evil That's like, what I want to know. jet thing? That no, <laughs> Sorry, that used to ask Well, yes, I suppose taking the bus is probably a little too over. We could be more covert. So am I... We have an invisible jet. Oh, so oh. do you need me to send anything over? Or are you... We're capable. Good, good, Shoot, good. are we capable? Then I'll, I'll, I'll send over the coordinates. So he sends over the coordinates and hangs up the phone. How do you get... Um, I, 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 say, I say invisible flying jet sounds cool. I also like the idea of Kiddo technically being the oldest of us, being the only one of us that has a license for anything <laughs> and therefore being the driver. Well, you don't know that I'm that I'm an adult. Well, he's saying that as a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I'm also just assuming that if we're in a villain's lair, are we completely going to be like, we have to have a license to do this thing? I'm like, that, that is a good point. I mean, technically, I'm the second oldest. In this group, uh, so it, I guess it, ha- without... it has other pilot. We don't have to worry about. Oh, that. okay, that's good. Just uh, plug in the coordinates. Now, an important distinction: this jet is invisible. When you go into the jet, are you invisible? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Do we want to do old school Wonder Woman style where we're not? Oh, no. <laughs> so just like I, I would say, some seven-year-old just flying around. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, there's going to be like you know. The, the bombardier on a chin-up bar, just like, going, in the air. That's going to be terrible. <laughs> okay, so but that, that works. So you're flying you're flying over to the Atomia Zabad. Uh, a plane passes, and he sees, like, a booster seat 
with a kid just <laughs> yep <laughs> um while you fly Wait. over there let's take a bit of a cutscene and describe what's happening in the Otami Zabai. uh professor mendeleev sits in a in um a diner waiting for your arrival and he appears anxious um as he waits two um glowing slits uh, uh, of light shine through the window out from in front of him and all of a sudden the windows smash in and uh, a large man comes in through the uh, through the the, uh, the the shattered glass and looking at um, uh, Professor Mendeleev he says ah Professor Mendeleev, I assume. So he comes in and with a quick action, he does two things. He first shoots a carafe-like weapon at a um, set of breakfast plates and they start rattling. Um, and with another weapon, he fires it at uh, Professor Mendeleev and a... a maple syrupy smelling webbing comes out and flaps into the professor and pulls him back towards him. And as he steps out back out of the diner, a frying pan, or I should correct myself, a flying pan lifts off the ground, turns and blasts off into, into the night sky. Now that all happens. Uh, as you are flying into the city. Now, you'll notice if you weren't already in the city, I'm not exactly sure what city, we, I guess we never discussed what city your lair is based out of. Um, are you in based out of the Atomia Zavad or are you coming from another region of the uh, of outage? Josh, I'll let you make that call since you might have read up mostly. I, I didn't read all the locations. Ge geography and me tend tend not to get along too well. Um, I, I guess whichever would be analogous with New York, because that's where all superheroes live. Well, there's two. There's, <laughs> I'll say that um, quickest way of explaining it, there is a place that is very much like the suburbs. There's a place that's very much like Metropolis. There's a place very much like um, Gotham. There's a place very much like, um, I don't know how else to describe it, other than a large sentient forest hell-bent on taking over the world and filled with fantastical creatures. And then there is a veritable pirate's den where one area of the land is sinking into the ocean. Uh, probably the Gotham? Gotham. Okay, so you are already, just so that I know, you are already based in the Atomia Zavad. Um, but it takes a, it's a large city. So as you're flying from one location to the other, you're, it's taking you some time. The Atomia Zavad, uh, give you a little bit of a, an idea of the environment that you're in, is a, um, a, uh, Soviet inspired ever night, uh, city that runs off of atomic energy. Um, atomics, in this case, utilize uh, uh, 
you know, different elements that we typically don't use, uh, um, using um, rare minerals that are only found in the uh, Tanya Zavad. So it's the proliferation of atomics is um, is pretty prominent. A lot of people walk around with little microatomic batteries. Um, likewise, you'll oftentimes see people with mild radioactive qualities. You know, some people might have a couple extra arms or appendages. Some people might glow. Some people might be wearing their full-on hazmat suit. Some people might get bitten by radioactive stags. That's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, um, right. An unfortunate possibility. So it happens in the Atomia Zavad. Uh, but everybody seems mm-hmm. to get along. Nothing really tragic uh, to an extent, uh, to, to that extent with regards to the atomics. Um, so your plane flies over, um, unaware, I guess, of all that has just taken place. And you arrive at the uh, a destination labeled the Gorbachev Diner. Now, as you arrive, you hear from your parking lot vantage point, uh, the diner it has um, lights that seem to be flickering, and there are screams coming from inside. Um, you see the window, uh, one of the front windows shattered. How do you proceed? I think we must go straight in. Yeah, let's go. So um, you go in and... It sounds like the professor's in trouble. enter the, the, oh, yes. uh, the Gorbachev Diner. And I'm assuming that you all have the ability to see the screen that I'm showing on the right? Yep. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. Right down here, the glass is shattered in and everything is somewhat in chaos. People are kind of frightened um hiding under tables as you walk in um let me ask you what music is playing i will pick chat uh, phantom to tell me uh, i'm i'm thinking it's like the 1950s diner music so as you walk into this like very somewhat rustic uh diner you hear uh, a plate smashed to the ground shortly thereafter Four creatures erupt. I, I just want to say that for um, the bombardier, for him to enter the diner, you said one of the windows was was smashed? Yes. He jumps through the other one that is not smashed yet. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so where is he smashing in from? Uh... Uh, yeah, I'd say where your, where your mouse just was, like two, like second table from, from <laughs> the right of the door. Okay, so you, even though the door is right here, you smash in. No time for doors! Smash! Excellent. So you smash in here, and let's see here. Uh, we have a large French terror. So we have a large French terror there. Well, awful, right over here. Oh no, evil breakfast foods. Yes, evil breakfast. And let's say we have a giant creep. Serial killer. A creep. Oh. A strawberry creep. No. <laughs> this area is kind of pure chaos. And actually, there's four of you. So let's say that there are two giant creeps. One there and one uh, right over here in the back. So so I essentially landed next to the um, the, the original creep. So let me, yes. let me color something for you all. 
Let's so uh, get an idea. So Bombardier, I'm putting you in pink right over here. I'm, I, I, I'm man enough to be okay with pink. Whatever. Perfectly good door, and you just jump through an unbroken window. <laughs> yep. Tell the Bombardier get things done. Well, you know what? Mr. Nice Guy definitely opens up the door nicely. <laughs> Bombardier, I want you to do this. Roll a d20 and add your impact. Okay. Oh, goodness. Go. Seven. Okay. So, you try to smash <laughs> through the window. But instead, as you run and jump to leap into this diner, you kind of foom. <laughs> against the, the the front pane, and then it slowly kind of falls into <laughs> <laughs> into the diner. Uh, there's it's strong glass in the Italian vod, but the uh, the fixtures aren't 100 percent there. So so you're there, and you're standing on the table uh, on a large pane of glass. But uh, yeah, it was definitely not the most. Uh, you didn't cut a very heroic approach coming in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear! Haha. Uh -huh. uh, what? And so, Mr. Nice Guy, you are coming in through the front door. Very nicely, thank you. Gently open up the door and close it behind me after everyone is through. <laughs> uh, anybody else coming in? I want to slide into the front door as soon as it op is open. Okay. And then um, Phantom. I'll, I'll come in through the already broken window <laughs> on the left just the door looks full and that looked painful what bombardier did so i'm just going to go through the broken area <laughs> i'd like each of you to roll a d20 plus your power Oof, an 18 15 8 Seven. Two of you is enough to notice a couple things. One, you have these large monsters all hovering about menacingly. You what I, you do notice that, Mr. Nice Guy, you notice there was a plate of pancakes that was rattling. Um, it falls onto the floor, but it doesn't seem to have converted uh, into a monster. Um, you, you also notice um, from your vantage point, that you can just make out a fire suppression system right over here. Uh, and then there's another device next to it, but you can't tell exactly what that is. Um, so what would you like to do? Hmm. And the enemy to the left, that is a French... That is a French terror. French terror. Okay, gotcha. Um... Ooh, no, I'm going to have to pass Tim to get to the fire suppression system. Well, going to look at Kiddo, give him the knowing nod, and run up and slap the French terror right in its good French toast face. Okay. So we got a giant crepe here. The giant crepe here, I believe, right? We said that there's another giant crepe here. And the last one back here was a uh, well, awful. All right, so uh -huh. you try to slap the um, French terror. Okay. 
So mm -hmm. roll a d20 and then add your impact. Ooh, that one. Is that what I just rolled? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so you succeed, and you succeed triumphantly because there is a thing in Power Outage called Excellent Adventures and Bogus Journeys. So uh, when you roll in at one, it, something bogus does happen. Um, so you go to slap this uh, French terror. Um, describe what happened. Reach up, give it a good backhanded slap, and say, Away, ye nasty fiends. And as I do, it explodes into syrup and powdered sugar. 100% that happens. We will say that that does. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Kiddo's going to run after that and jump on the counter and attack the other... The, the GC okay. behind the counter. You're attacking the giant creep. Okay, so how are you attacking them? I jump up on the counter and with the, all the for for uh, you know ferocity of a seven year old, start punching like crazy. Okay. Are you using a power? Or are you just using your impact? Just impact. Okay, so roll your d20 plus your impact, and then I will roll a d20 plus my thirteen. Nice. Another one. <laughs> Is that <laughs> you are rolling it correctly? Yes, it, it just doesn't. It, it's right. decided no. Um, with ferocious fists, you attack this <laughs> giant crepe, and even with your small frame, are able to just clobber this thing to the point where it has been smashed. Um, and it is, it is just a pile of um, sweet confection. At your feet, which unfortunately you cannot resist. Mm. So, <laughs> so you might be occupied on your next round. It's just so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else occurring? Um, the bombardier, if he's allowed to, is going to attempt to punch using his ferocious punch powers and the the. Um, the, the okay. giant crepe in uh, front of it. Are you using your shoes? Oh, you're using your punching. Okay, so that's a power, right? So um, roll a d20 and add your uh, power. Actually, uh, I might just go ordinary punch and just use my impact because my rolls mm -hmm. have been terrible. That's a nine. Um, so you succeed in uh, punching this thing. Um, now you use the standard impact attack. So you can either roll a 1d4 or you can do a solid two points of damage to this. I'll go the solid two. And uh, last but not least, Phantom. Um, Phantom's just going to move up past where the French Terror was. Just right above it. And he's going to try and um, wrap up the... What is it? Waffle? Waffle? The awful. And yeah, he's just going to try and wrap it up with his shadow powers to try and make sure it doesn't attack anyone. Okay. Uh, roll a d20 plus your power. That's a total of 20. Wow. All right. <laughs> and you succeed. He is not able to move that next round. And that would be um, the first round of combat. It would be. And uh, that would be just about the end of my lunchtime. So we... Uh, <laughs> it's all food-based right mm -hmm. now, which is great. Um, we, we are going to call the end of the episode there. Um Beebs, again, thank you very, very much for joining us and letting us play about in, in your world. Um, 
where can people find you and where can people buy this? Uh, so I am, uh, I am, my name is Bebarce, B-E-B-A-R-C-E. So literally I am the only one named that. So I'm the most doxable person in the world. So by all means, uh, you know, you look me up on any social, like Bebarce on Twitter, I am Bebarce on Facebook, I am Bebarce on any kind of social media, I am Bebarce.com. Um, and you could find the game at poweradagegame.com or you can search for um, my company, Go Nerdy, on, uh, on DriveThruRPG and find Power Outage there. Excellent. Um, Dane? You can, can find, find me on Twitter at Dame Ramasama, all the art I do, and the various TTRPG things I'm a part of will be posted there or retweeted by myself. Uh, Jacob? Um, you can find me on Twitter at JAbbottSIU, and you'll see a uh, number of things coming up because in a couple weeks we're going to be doing some uh, charity streaming for Extra Life to raise money for a children's hospital. Oh, lovely! We, we should definitely Ooh. we should definitely plug that a lot. Um, and Tyler, uh, I am at Ronald Foos on Twitter, and the two of the other podcasts that I do are at Club Fail, and and the Discographers, which is great. Yeah, they're both on there. But yeah, that's just kind of like a landing page. Excellent. So you can find both of those there. Excellent. And uh, I, I've been Josh. Um, not your dungeon master this time, which is kind of great. And I can be found at nerdy people D N D. Um, everyone, thank you very much for joining us this week. I do apologize for my audio. I had a wonderful day and I totally forgot my good microphone, which will hopefully be with me next time. Um, but everyone, thank you very much. Everyone, thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. It was a pleasure.